right, so before we get into Revelation, I did get uh, a, a few questions on, um, <clears throat> on the, the sexy sermon. And um, no, I, I had some really, uh, a few really good questions come in. And, uh, and, and then actually I had one texted in that, um, you know, really, really appreciate that person texting and giving me no time to prep for it. And, um, and, 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 um, you know, so, okay, yeah, Devin, look that up. Okay, so uh, Devin's doing research, and he'll have an answer for us momentarily. No, okay, so anyway, let's pray. Um, <clears throat> I, I do, in, in spite of all of my uh, joking around and stuff, I do, I do have a pretty, pretty heavy heart, um, uh, you know, what happened yesterday, um, and then, you know, it being, you know, that, that shooting just being another one, you know, in the line of so many others, uh, just really, really difficult. So um, let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll jump into, uh, into some of the questions. Almighty God, we are so thankful and grateful for the love that you give us, and uh, we we are grateful that we can come together, uh, that we can talk and, and, and learn and, and do that with, with joy. Um, but even in the midst of that right now, uh, we, we, know that, um, we know that evil is present and will be present in this world until you come to make all things new. And knowing that, it's still devastating to see evil um, manifest in, in, in such a way as we have seen um, this week and uh, with the other acts of violence that have occurred just within the last uh, several weeks. So Lord, I know, I know statistically we are safer than probably we've ever been and yet um, we wrestle and grapple with questions about what possibly could be done to continue to try to prevent things like this. And so help us, Lord. Um, there are no easy answers because the causes are also complicated. So give us wisdom in how to respond. Give us words as we pray. <clears throat> give us opportunities to be present with those who are grieving to weep and mourn with them. And uh, Lord, give us opportunities to, in, in whatever way that we can, to, to make a difference. Uh, be with us tonight as we unpack a few things in your, in your word and <clears throat> help us to continue to seek where you're heading so that we can follow you there in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, okay. What I did, I had, I had a few different questions kind of on the same thing, so I kind of I combined them and condensed, condensed them, kind of put them into one, one question. So um, here's that kind of composite question. Um, what is really the problem? The presence of same-sex attraction, acting on same-sex attraction, or both? Uh, one of the ways that question goes on, one of the ways that I've tried to resolve this is to consider that Everyone is born with some proclivity to sin in one way or another. And some people have always struggled, for example, with being angry or others have been selfish or struggled with something else. Um, 
and some will struggle with same-sex attraction or promiscuity in um, heterosexual uh, attraction. So regardless of the type of sin, of course it should be submitted to the Lordship of Christ. But what are your thoughts on, on this? So the question, is it, is it the presence of same-sex attraction? Is it acting on it? Um, and kind of, a, kind of a question about where does it come from? Um, so here's, here, here's my, my shot at that. Um, really, there have been scientists trying to determine uh, the cause of same-sex attraction um, for a long, long time. And <clears throat> attempts have failed to tie it exclusively to nature, exclusively, um, you know, that you're born that way. And attempts have failed to specifically and exclusively tie it to nurture, that it's culturally influenced. Um, the thing is, there are some correlations on either side of that. Um, we, we know that, that um, um, all embryos are at first female and that there are chemical things that need to take place at certain times in the development uh, in order for that, that chromosome to you know, make the change and for things in the brain to make the change and for physiological things to begin to change. And there is a, there is a sequence to that. There are things that need to happen in a certain way for that to occur. And so there are some correlations um, of there are some correlations due to some things that uh, some traumatic things that can happen in utero uh, and uh, the possibility that uh, a child may be born with um, male parts but the brain hasn't uh, made that switch okay uh, or vice versa um, and so there are some correlations because there are some cases like that, or there are some cases where uh, both, uh, both sets of both male and female genitalia are present in the child when the child is born. And um, so there are, there are things that can happen, but there's, not a, there, there's never been um, a, a gay gene discovered. You know, it hasn't been able to be traced to, ah, here it is, if this, th here we have a natural cause. It's, it hasn't been uh, proven, uh, it hasn't been able to be linked exclusively. On the other side, uh, there, are, there are some cases of identical twins being born, raised in the same house by the same parents, and one uh, straight, the other same-sex attraction. And that's where they wonder, oh my goodness, what is that the the nurture argument has a hard time with that you know because they're raised in the same house by the same parents and all that um but then again um in my uh, 18 20 years of work with teenagers um there were a lot of times whenever um <clears throat> a young adolescent who for whatever reason might have been awkward might have been uh uh, developing behind everybody or whatever, but for whatever reason was not accepted um, socially and culturally, and yet the, uh, the, the gay and lesbian community would accept them and befriend them and be kind to them, and they would begin to uh, hang out. You know, you're going to hang out with the people who accept you, because that's part of what it, that's part of the, kind of the quest of every adolescent is to answer three questions, who am I, 
do I and my choices matter and where do I fit? Well, if, if, if you fit somewhere and you feel welcome and you're protected, same thing, can ha- same thing happens with gangs. Uh, then they become your people and that becomes your identity. And so I've seen, um, I've seen uh, several kids over the years come out as gay or lesbian um, and there was every reason to believe it was, it was a cultural thing. There was a nurture to it because, hey, this is the community that treats me like a human being. Um, and then on the, other, on the other side of that are if uh, um, you know, people have some certain ways that they express either their masculinity or their femininity and, uh, and it doesn't necessarily jive with what our culture accepts as masculine or feminine and they'll be rejected by one group and accepted by another. So, but my point being, <clears throat> we've never, scientists try as they might, um, biological scientists, social scientists have never been able to say, ah, we have it. Here's the cause, we don't know the cause. It's likely some combination of, um, of nature and nurture, complications during pregnancy, childhood trauma, pressure from family and friends. Um, I don't, I don't advocate for his language <laughs> or for his, um, uh, or for uh, sometimes his very hostile uh, interaction with Christians, uh, but uh, uh, comedian, pundit, kind of Bill Maher recently, uh, you can find it if you Google it, uh, but just language warning, okay? But um, Bill Maher actually talks about there almost being a peer pressure among liberal parents, very, very far left progressive liberal parents. He's looking at the statistics of how many of those liberal progressive parents just so happened within the last several years, uh, all their kids kids are transgender. And and he's he's going, and I mean, you you don't get much, you don't get much more liberal than Bill Maher. But the thing is, Bill Maher is saying, wait a minute. Something's not, something's not right here. Are your kids really trans, transgender? Are they really experiencing gender dysphoria? Or is, this a, or is this a pressure that, oh, well, since I'm progressive and because a big deal in progress, on the progressive agenda is, is gay rights and transgender rights and everything like that, then um, I need to be having transgender kids, you know? And, and so, you know, and so Mar is kind of saying, hey, what's going on here? Um, on the left, this is really, this is every bit as unhealthy as maybe on the far right uh, in some of the family dynamics that I grew up in where I was supposed to be being groomed to be a little preacher boy, you know, and uh, my mom would dress me up in little three-piece suits and, you know, and uh, oh, look, here, he is going to be a preacher because I said so. And uh, so it, you can imagine whenever, um, you know, yes, God is calling me to do this, Mom, not you. Um, and there were, some, there were some things. That's another time for another story. Uh, but anyway, um, so we don't know exactly what causes it. So here's the thing. I need to reel this in. I agree with the line of reasoning in the question that says, hey, uh, this could be one of many proclivities that we have, that, we're, that we are, that we come into this world with and through some combination of the way that we're wired and what we experience um, as young people, 
um, growing up, we have tendencies toward different kinds of sinful behavior. And for some people, it's going to be stealing. For some people, it's going to be, um, you know, gossip. You know, you basically take that list in 1 Corinthians 6 and uh, pick your proclivity. You know, what do you, what do you struggle with? Um, and for some people, it is, it is sexual, sexual immorality uh, or adultery or um, same-sex attraction. So, <clears throat> but Scripture is always calling us so anyway, I agree with that line of reasoning, that whatever it is that causes it, wherever we wind up, when we have been able to identify, here's the proclivity. Then what scripture calls us to is always calling us to master our desires and to not allow besetting sins to control us. So in the, in the same way that um, friends of mine are same-sex attracted and everything, you know, I'm straight. And I love my wife. Um, just want you to know that. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, Serena is not the only beautiful woman I've met. I've met a lot of beautiful women. And in some conversations, uh, you know, those women that I thought was pretty, it started, I started picking up, they thought I was pretty too. I know it's hard to imagine, but we, you're talking to Kevin, Devin is the ugly one. So, so see, um, oh, sorry, no, don't leave. Anyway, so, and in those times, I'm, I'm a married man. And does that mean that there wasn't a, ooh, she likes me? Yeah, that feels good. Feels good to be affirmed. Feels good to be thought that you're pretty, right? But that absolute, at that moment, I had a decision to make. Am I going to let this get the best of me? Or am I going to say, whoa, whoa, time out? We're not going there. Uh, whatever the proclivity is, whatever the sin is, whatever, if it's nature, if it's, um, if it's peer pressure, whatever it is, if it's, a, if it's negative nurture or if it's nature, uh, something that we have a proclivity to, either way, the scripture constantly calls us to, to, to master our desires, to practice self-control uh, and to adopt self-control and not allow sin to have control over us. And so for this reason, I don't know that the attraction itself is sinful any more than me being straight is sinful. It's, it's there, it's a desire, it's something that's there. It becomes sinful when that desire carries me or carries a person with same-sex attraction or a person with a proclivity to stealing or whatever, when that desire carries them toward intention and action. Um, you know, Jesus said, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. It wasn't necessarily the look. That was the sin. It was the gaze. Or maybe it was the, you know, it was the second, third, fourth, and then what if I, and the plan starts to formulate, and the intention becomes. And James says, when, when uh, you know, there's this, thing, sin, sin is, is conceived and birthed when our desires get the best of us and we start to plan it out. So um, anyway, I hope, that, I hope that helps. Is it the presence of same-sex attraction that is the sin? I, I personally, I, I, don't, I don't see, I don't see uh, um, those kinds of thoughts and 
what's happening in our desires uh, to be that, to, to be sinful, it's do we let them control us? Do we act on them? Do we plan them out? Do we let them master us is when, when sin begins to develop. Um, some people disagree with that. There are some Christians, Christians that think the, uh, the desire, the, the attraction itself is sinful. Um, but, you know, that's when you get into, you know, conversion therapy and kind of praying the gay away and things like that. And because I've seen so much damage be done with that, um, it's, it's, it's hard for me to justify, justify the attraction itself as the, as the problem. And a good example is um, uh, the uh, uh, Dr. Hill that I quoted Sunday. Um, he's a theologian, he's a professor, committed Christian, loves Jesus, and is same-sex attracted. That's, he says, hey, that's, that's, just, that's just how I see things. And, um, but he understands um, that's not, uh, he, he doesn't believe that that's part of the design, uh, God's design for uh, uh, relationships and so he is single and loving it no single uh, and and celibate and uh, talks very openly about um, uh, he, he's taken he's done a lot of study on many many other people throughout history who live single celibate lives and you know some of what they produce some of the art they produce the writings they produce the accomplishments that they had as a way to say look these these people weren't missing out so, all right, thoughts, pushback, that help, that okay? Question. Yes, sir. Do you think that people that exhibit the same-sex attraction could actually live together in a non-sexual relationship for nurturing each other without the sexual aspect of it? The, the majority of, um, and I, I, I'm quoting this stat, but I can pull the stat if if you if you need it, but I know um, Caleb. Ca off my head. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's good because I've I've I've, uh, I've I've read 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 this. I just don't have the the study in front of me, but I can get it. But the uh, the overwhelming majority of women involved in same sex relationships, those relationships are non sexual. The majority. Um, in fact, Caleb, Caleb Kaltenbach, who I talked about Sunday, I think I only talked about him in the eight o'clock service, but. Um, he, uh, his parents divorced when he was very, very young, and each of them came out as, father came out as gay, mother came out as lesbian, and got into, got into relationships. Uh, well, the father's uh, same-sex relationship was sexual, but the mother's was not. It was not, it was not a sexual relationship. And um, through that, and through ministering to them and learning about that, that's where I heard that and read that is from Caleb Kaltenbach. Um, when in his, in his study of that, uh, uh, the majority of it for females is not sexual. You know, some of it is, but the majority is not. So that's one of the things that um, Wesley Hill actually writes about in his book. His book is called Washed and Waiting. Um, and he talks about uh, deep, committed friendships. Uh, Non-sexual, uh, non-romantic, uh, but deep and abiding companionship and friendship. And, um, oh, I can't call the author's name, but it's called Mere Sexuality. It's the name of the book, Mere Sexuality. And um, um, the reason I can't remember the author's name is because I loaned that book out in my last church and never got it back. Very upset, very upset. But Mere Sexuality is the book, and he talks about that. You can thank 
Yeah. Well, the reason I ask that is I was wondering, you know, God created humans for relationship with him yeah. and with each other. Yeah. And to, to force somebody, or just off the top of my head, to remain lonely and alone and live yeah. in that state just doesn't seem Christ-like. I right. Guess. Yeah. That's true. And when I, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about singleness um, that's what's coming next in the series. I'm gonna have, I have two, two messages on singleness. And um, one of them specifically addresses, and in fact, the, the name of it is single but never alone. And it's the, the difference between being single, but loneliness need not be part of being single. Um, because the Christian community is actually called to, um, to be an extended family and to provide community, uh, singles among singles, but also singles among married, because um, I think married people, um, I think when we get married, if we're not still opening our homes and our families up to singles, we can forget what it's like to be single, and we can become kind of so centered on, on family that we can, we can kind of create our own little, you know, little, little closed group there. And on the other hand, with singles, uh, they, they benefit uh, greatly from being involved in family dynamics with friends who are married. And so that's why I've never been a big advocate of singles ministries in churches because it kind of turns into a meat market, you know? Um, but in encouraging singles and marrieds to mingle with one another um, for the family dynamic, it's mutually beneficial, is what I'm saying. Um, it keeps it keeps the it keeps the independence of singles from becoming unhealthy, and it keeps the uh, and it keeps the uh, uh, the relationship that a husband and wife have from from uh, from becoming kind of this closed set where they kind of forget about this whole other segment of the population out there that that need community. Um, so that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, deep and abiding friendships, singles among singles, both heterosexual and same-sex, um, are, are, are something, are, are uh, concepts that people like Wesley Hill and Preston Sprinkle and others who were really involved in, in ministry to the LGBTQ community write a lot about. And uh, Preston Sprinkle is somebody that we're trying to get to come, come here. Uh, to uh, to do a conference for us sometime. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, I did have a really good question here. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to get back with this person because... I've got a, I've, I've got a, I don't want to answer this one off the top of my head because I, I want to be able to verify some things. But here's the question. Uh, in the sermon you referenced, there was a difference in the text between uh, consensual and non-consensual uh, uh, relationship in, in the same-sex relationship. In Leviticus 18.22 and 20.13, uh, which is referred to there, forced or relational? Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna double check that, and I will. Uh, but I'll answer it for everybody. I'll answer it for everybody, not for not just for my my buddy here. Um, but that's a really good question. Uh, I just don't wanna I don't wanna shoot from the hip on that one. Uh, let's see. 
Um, a book. Okay, a couple of books that I suggest. Um, I would suggest a book, it's called Understanding Gender Dysphoria. Understanding Gender Dysphoria. And another book, Understanding Sexual Identity. And both of these are by Dr. Mark Yarhouse, Y-A-R House, H-O-U-S-E. He is a, uh, a psychiatrist, a, a, a accomplished um, uh, a practitioner and a devoted Christian, and he's kind of on the tip of the spear there with helping, helping the Christian community um, understand, uh, understand gender dysphoria, understand sexual identity, and how to minister um, uh, within, within the church. Okay, Kevin, that's me. Um, <laughs> you talk about your, you talk about having gay, lesbian, atheist, agnostic, and liberal friends. How can you justify having such relationships when the Bible teaches that we're to be separate from the world and that bad company corrupts good morals? Good question. Um, couple, couple things here. Um, a couple assumptions that I think are being made in the question, and, and I'm not saying that to be ugly, but um, it, it sounds like there's an assumption that being in relationship with someone or having a friendship with someone uh, uh, requires total agreement with that person, and that's, that's not the case. Uh, these, these folks that are my friends, um, they, they, they know what I do, they know, you know where I stand, um, when we talk about it, we talk about it. And I'm very clear with them, they're very clear with me, and uh, yet we, we remain friends. Um, and it's, it's not because I, I say, oh, oh, yeah, 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 you, you're right. Um, uh, we, we respect each other, and I think for me, especially my, my friends that are agnostic or atheist or are uh, gay and lesbian, and also atheist or agnostic or, or whatever. Um, you know, Scripture says that, I think, Paul, I think it may be in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to have to look it up. But somewhere, somewhere it is written, <laughs> Paul says that we, we, we can't, I'm paraphrasing it, but we're, we're not to force God's rules on somebody who doesn't believe in God and who doesn't adhere to Christianity. Um, that that's that's a concern for the church, and so and I think that's what happens a lot of times is is that the church wants to export, and yes, we want to we want to bring people to Jesus, um, but many times we 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 want to get them to follow our rules, and that's not what we're here for, and so. Uh, I am praying for these folks. Some of these, some of these friends are friends that I've had since kindergarten, you know, and we've, we've known each other literally our whole life, and uh, and I, I intend to keep those friendships going, and um, um, and, and 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 you know, to the to the questioner, um, no, it doesn't just go to friendships; it goes to members of my family. So, you know, uh, you can't pick your relatives. Dang it. You know, <laughs> but uh, and so for me, it's they 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 know that I don't approve, but I'm also not when we get together. I'm not always going to um, before we talk, before we talk now before before they bring dinner. 
I just need to remind you that I don't approve. That's not how it goes. That's not how it goes. Um, because they don't say, well, you're still a preacher, so uh, just, you, we still don't believe in God, okay? We still don't believe in God. We don't have those conversations, or we don't start the conversation like that. Um, you wouldn't have any friends. Well, anymore, anymore with the echo chambers and the polarization, it's almost like, you know, if, if, if you're not, if you're, you know, that's part of the problem we have in, in, our, in our culture is uh, we, we think that, we think that. Um, well, how do you witness to people if you, if you withdraw? Why witness if we're just waiting for Jesus to come back? Oh, okay. Yeah. We're just waiting for Jesus to come back, take us to heaven, and everybody else can go to hell, right? You know, no, 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 but you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. No, I absolutely think you're right, but that's hard. That's hard. Because, so is marriage. Yeah. You can hit him. I, I, nobody's going to see it because we're not videoing. I hit him enough at Okay, okay. Well, we did get that on tape. No. <laughs> Um, the other thing is, um, I think in the question, um, it's important to understand that there are different functions and levels of influence present in relationships. And I don't know that I've gotten into this here, but uh, if you can think of, of circles, you know, kind of concentric circles, almost like a bullseye, um, there are, uh, I can think of, I, I, I usually kind of uh, categorize my relationships in three ways. The, there's that, that small, that bullseye, and that's the circle of influence. Those are the relationships in my life where uh, uh, the people, and it's a very small group, but they, they, speak, they speak into my life. They, they influence me. And if they, if they say up is up, then I'm, I'm gonna listen to that. And so there's the circle of influence. And then outside, a little bit wider, um, is... Um, I said there were three, and I'm drawing a blank on the second one, but okay, it, maybe it'll come back. But kind of the, um, uh, there's, there's also the, the circle of concern. And this is a circle of friends that I love and that I'm in relationship with, um, but uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't allow them to influence me in the, in the, in the really, you know, in, in my theology or, or in my uh, morality or things like that. And so we can have conversations, we can have, we do all sorts of stuff, but you know, just because you're in a relationship with someone doesn't mean every relationship has the same access to your center of influence, if that makes sense. And so uh, there are three, I can't think of the second one, but it'll probably come to me as soon as we're finished. Um, <laughs> that's the way that works, but circle of influence, circle of concern, um, and it's kind of like if you're river rafting and um, you know, somebody falls out of the boat, uh, you, know, you wanna be able to grab them and pull them in. Um, well, that's, you know, that's kind of circle of concern. I want, I want to try to be an influence, uh, but I don't necessarily want them to pull me into the, into the water. And so you know, that's kind of how we need to uh, kind of discern, if you will, uh, the level of influence that we allow in our friendships. So I think um, maybe considering that can maybe help the questioner with, um, you know, because I agree, bad company corrupts good morals. I absolutely agree with that. 
But um, just because I'm keeping company with someone, we see Jesus doing this, Jesus keeping company with people who were nothing like him, but he was the influence. And, and uh, they weren't the influence. So, um, plus biblical texts um, speak of separation in terms of us living as ambassadors. You know, we're separated from this world uh, because we're living according to the principles of the kingdom not the principles of the world, but our posture in that is to be ambassadors, where we live the principles of the kingdom in such a way, excuse me, that others would say, man, where are they from? That's where I wanna be. Um, you know, not in terms of isolating ourselves into a closed group. So that's kinda how I, uh, separation, really I like to use the term peculiar. You know, we're called to be a peculiar people. Yes, we stand out, uh, but we stand out in an outstanding way, um, in, a, in a way that says, hey, y'all come and be part of this. Um, and, and then uh, the, last, the last question that I got was, um, so how do we relate? Okay, it's kind of a follow-up. So then how do we relate? Um, you know, what does it look like to have that kind of relationship where you accept without approving. And this is kind of my best shot at that, is um, we, need to, we need to understand that to love, support, and even protect someone um, uh, doesn't mean that their choices, decisions, and beliefs must be either entirely approved or entirely rejected. And see, so, yeah, it goes back to some of the polarization we have. And, uh, and there have been some friends of mine, former friends of mine, that when they came out as, uh, when, they, when they came out, um, their, their posture toward me was, uh, well, either, either, either you agree, either you agree or we can't be friends anymore. And I said, you know, don't put me in that position. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you that, you know, well, you've got to, I don't know, whatever. Um, don't, don't put me in that position. That's not, that's not fair. Nope, it's all or nothing. Like, well, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I love you. I think there's, there are a million other things we can talk about. You still like football, right? You know, and, you know, there, there are so many other things that are part of this relationship than who you're attracted to. But there was, nope, all or nothing. And, and that broke my heart. But the thing is to, to love, support, and protect someone doesn't demand uh, that, that the, the, the whole kit and caboodle is absolutely, totally, completely approved or there must be total rejection. That's not, you know, we see in Jesus' example a radical love and, a, and, ex, and an accepting posture for people the religious community believed was, were only worthy of rejection. But Jesus never approved of the sins that placed people in the, in the situations they were in. He never approved of, 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 of the sins that placed them there. Um, the grace of their healing came in facing the truth of their need. So that's the thing, the grace of their healing, the grace, they, the, the grace that was poured out on them um, uh, came, came to them and was a gift to them and they realized it was a gift to them because they faced the truth of their need. Um, you know, granny, my granny said, if, if, 
you know, you'll, you'll never get found if you don't realize you're lost, you know. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a lot of that. So I think fear has caused a lot of people in the church to embrace this false dichotomy that to be in relationship with someone, you have to approve or reject. Well, that's not always the case. And again, it, it, maybe sometimes it will be, but many more times perhaps not. Um, I think a lot of folks just don't know or understand that principled and faithful acceptance and support for a loved one whose choices we don't always approve is what it truly means to love. Um, staying in there, accepting, walking, walking with them, continuing to be there. Um, and you know, on the other side of that, it can be really hard to know how to respond when a loved one or a friend believes that the only way that you can love them is to, com is to completely accept everything. And, um, you know, that, that's a really hard position to be put in, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. But um, when that happens, you just have to do the best you can to communicate compassionately where your boundaries are. And um, boundaries, is a, that's, that's another topic for another night. Um, but I got sermons on that too. Uh, that's, all I, that's, that's, that's all I had that was written in. Um, what, what did you hear Sunday? What questions do you have? What, um, what else? <laughs> There's many things we don't approve, disapprove, but yet we love them. Yeah. And, and what we try to do is not, you know, we got to be careful that we're not always just fixated on the thing that we don't approve. You know, because then they're always, you know, oh, they're bringing it up again. You know, okay, I get it. You don't approve of that, whatever that is. Um, and, you know, and with a lot of it, it's, uh, it's, the Holy Spirit will always do a better job than we will. <laughs> I'm going to make a mess of it. Um, but the Holy, the Holy Spirit uh, will do a better job than we do. And, and um, if, if there's a window of opportunity, and usually in my relationships and friendships and everything, the only time that it comes up is if they, is if they ask me. Um, and, um, and then I'm like, oh, Lord, help me, you know, because I, I don't want to do damage. Uh, I want to be, be honest, but I want to be humble, and, and uh, um, I want him to keep wanting to talk to me, you know. So uh, the day that I thread that needle, I'll let you know how it went. Um, until then, it's a work in progress, and I, and I tell them, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with this. More than anything, I just want you to know that I love you. And... Uh, if I, if I say something that ticks you off or offends you, tell me and we'll, we'll circle back around and try to, uh, try to take another run at that. It's almost impossible to affect people for good if they don't respect you and if you don't respect them. If, that, if you get that law between you to start with, you have very little chance of reaching people. Yeah, and that's really the, 
I think the hardest part of this, whether it's this issue or a political issue or uh, you know, any, any issue that means a lot to us where we don't see eye to eye with another person, um, we, we can become really fixated on wanting to make sure that they know the truth. And you know what? I, yes, that's commendable. I think what I struggle with there is um, I, I've, I've not really been able to, to see much evidence of having conversations like that with somebody that you're not in a relationship with um, because that takes time to build. It takes time to build trust. It takes time to build respect. And it takes time to kind of earn the right to tell, tell your truth and to share your truth or the truth, um, and and even then, you you're gonna you're gonna approach it in a way that you probably wouldn't approach it if you're you know to, against somebody carrying a sign or somebody that's an avatar on another side of a screen somewhere or or whatever. So it's uh, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Anything else on that? Ooh, is it hot in here or is it just the topic? No. <laughs> Yes, uh, there's gonna, there are going to be uh, a couple of messages on marriage. Um, they're coming up when I get back from Africa. So, uh, yeah, those will be coming. I'm going to talk about singleness, um, and then I'm gone to Africa, uh, and then I get back and we talk about marriage. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and marriage, you know, I, 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 go, with, I go with what Jesus said, uh, um, one man and one woman, um, uh, but, but part of the, uh, part of the, the it's a two-part um, message on marriage, um, but we do, yeah, I am going to talk about divorce as well, um, but I'm talking about divorce as an amputation, that it tends to be a last resort, uh, it's not, you know, we, if we scrape our knee, we don't say, oh, take, take the leg. Uh, you know, we're not going to do that. But sometimes it's necessary to save, save the life. So, um, but yeah, we'll, because it's, it's love and marriage and singleness and sex and stuff. But although I took the word sex out and I just put, you know, I just put, yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Well, we're obviously not going to get into Revelation tonight, but next week we will. All Revelation, all night, okay? Um, so save your, save your sheet. I'm really excited about um, what was going to be tonight, but what will be next week because, whoo, wow. It's uh, Revelation chapter 11, and 
Yeah, we get to talk about a couple, it's when the two witnesses appear and uh, they raise heaven and raise hell. What do I mean by that? R-A-Z-E, hell. No church next Wednesday. So the Wednesday after that is when we'll do it. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. <laughs> Who am I? Where am I? What year is this? Um, so we're, we're not, we're not having church next week. How come? Oh, youth musical rehearsal. That's right. That's what it is. See, I'm new. That's that. That's new guy card. That's new guy card. So, yep. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I saw one more little, and this, this one's easy. It's not really even a question I have to think about. What are, uh, yeah, what is the other stuff in the series? What's the and stuff? Okay. Um, so the and stuff is going to be uh, uh, connected to marriage. We're going to talk about what does it mean to put your partner in their place? And that's going to be about uh, marital roles and responsibilities and relationships between men and women. Um, and so, yeah, we'll talk about that. That's part of the and stuff. You know, who's, who's supposed to submit to who? We'll talk about that. Um, um, it's going to be good. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about pornography because pornography has devastated and wrecked both uh, people in marriages and singles. And so um, I'm going to talk about going to talk about that. Um, going to talk about now. What I'm going to do for these next two is I'm actually going to do them in the form of a uh, of a podcast because the the material in them may kind of be triggering for people. But I'm going to talk about sexual abuse, uh, what the Bible has to say about uh, about abuse, particularly sexual abuse. But I'm not going to do that one on a Sunday morning just because that can be really, really raw and triggering for, uh, for folks. So I'm gonna do that one in the form of a special podcast that you'll have access to and can download and can listen to at your leisure and at, and at your pace. Um, and then the other one that I'm gonna do by special podcast um, is um, on um, uh, gender identity. And the reason for that is because there's plenty the Bible has to say about it, but there's so much that we're aware of now with the science of this thing that I fear, I fear that that sermon would feel more like a, a, a science lesson. Uh, not that it's not gonna be grounded in scripture, it's very much gonna be grounded in scripture, but science is confirming what scripture has been telling us for a long time, but there's still quite a bit of science in there. Um, so I'm gonna do that one by way of special podcast. So, uh, so yeah, what's coming up is uh, marriage, um, marriage equality, uh, uh, pornography, and, uh, gender identity, and, um, and sexual abuse. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just getting warmed up, you know. <laughs> so, and that should that'll take us up until August, uh, the first Sunday of August. Um, or the last Sunday of July should wrap up what I'm going to do on Sunday mornings. Um, and then um, I'm excited. The next series is called All Hands on Deck. And uh, it's, a, it's a series about pirates. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, All Hands on Deck. Uh, we're, we're going through the different, the different things that make a church a church uh, and make uh, the, Christ the people within the church 
uh, why do we do what we do? What do we mean by membership? What do we mean by, um, by stewardship, um, discipleship, citizenship? Um, you know, so it's going to be a, a lot of things important to the church that happen to end in the word ship. And so I thought, ha, ship, pirates, all hands on deck. Yay, here we go. So, um, but I'm really excited about that series. It's going to be good. Uh, and, then, um, and then I'm actually going to, you know, um, yeah, I think First Peter is on the docket. Um, and then we'll be, we'll be moving into Advent season. So, yeah, 2023, I'm starting to put that together. So if there's stuff you want me to teach on, uh, books you want me to teach through, I like to try to break it up where I'm going through a book and then doing something kind of topic and then going through a book. Um, so I really want to preach through James. Um, I love James. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to preach through Acts. Um, uh, I'm going to call it, no, never mind. Uh, um, I won't tell you. Um, um, so I don't know. Any? Did you say at one time you were going to do Proverbs? Oh, I want to do Proverbs. Oh, well, you want to. I mean, well, I, I, have, I, I, have, I, I actually have about 10 or 12 sermons out of Proverbs written. Um, but uh, there's 31 Proverbs, so I got to wait. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I wouldn't do every single proverb. But, um, but I, I, Proverbs is my favorite book of the Bible. So, y'all want Proverbs sometime, 2023? Sure. sure. Sure? All right. I'll write it down. Did you hear that, Devin? Proverbs. All right. Yeah. Anything else or a, or a topic or an issue or book of the Bible you're really itching to hear? I'm not touching John because, uh, uh, because Brian Lee's done such a good job. I'm not... Uh, <laughs> What's that? Oh, well, he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. So I got Proverbs. Do I hear, what else do I hear? Nahum? I'm kidding. <laughs> Second hesitations. Yes, sir, go ahead. Oh, Wesley Hill. Yeah, Wesley Hill. Well, if he was like Wesley Hill, I wouldn't have any hesitation um, putting him forward as a candidate, and it would be up to Northside at that point. What but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I don't have an answer for that because uh, I'm still getting to know you. But it would be, it would. That would be rubber meets the road time. Um, I think, actually, Dart, I think that uh, it might be a bigger issue for some, well, I, you, know, you know where I think a lot of folks would punt on the issue? They would never get to his same-sex attraction. They wouldn't be able to get past the fact that he's single. Okay, so then you, when it comes out, 
Yeah. Uh, because I think we're still, whether the person's gay or straight, I think, I think churches still uh, have a bit of a stigma for bringing on a single staff member. But, um, but, but anyway, you know, if it's, what, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, this is what we advocate. We, you know, we, we believe a, a single life is every bit as fulfilling and, and valid as a married life. And if someone is single and celibate, because that's what God's called them to. Um, at that point, there's no there's no disqualifying factor. Um, so it would be it would be interesting what kind of conversations we'd have. So, yep. What do y'all think? Yes, ma'am. North side. <laughs> yeah. 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 And Paul would say that's a good thing. Because marriage has all sorts of problems, and I want to spare you these. Paul said that, not Kevin or Devin. Yeah. 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 It, it's, you know, it, it's definitely, uh, like you said, Dart, it, it, it uh, situations like that, scenarios like that, show if we're willing to put our proverbial money where our mouth is, you know. And uh, you know, what are what are the C's? Character, competency, chemistry. Well, if the character's there because they're they're following Jesus, uh, the chemistry's there. They're a good team player. The competency's there. Then it can be difficult. It's like, oh no no no, but this thing over here. But um, I don't know. I'm finding I'm finding Northside to be very very patient with me, and I'm a mess. So, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Steve. You're awake, man. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I know. I do everything I can to give Steve a good nap on Sunday morning. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, let's pray. I'll hang around if you got some personal stuff. Um, but. Um, uh, just continue to continue to pray, and yeah, um, I'm I'm really appreciating the response to the series. I was kind of scared going into it. I didn't know if tomatoes would fly or people would run away. Uh, neither has happened much. Uh, no, but uh, no, the response and recep re reception has been uh, has been very encouraging. So, all right, well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for my friends here. Thank you for this church. Um, and I just thank you that uh, we, we, can, we can talk about this stuff and um, look, look into uh, questions and, and, uh, and just try to, try to walk through it together. 
Uh, just pray you be with uh, every person here, their, uh, their families, their household. Um, we're all struggling and dealing with stuff in our own lives and help us to trust you with that. Help us to lean on each other and encourage each other. And um, Lord, help us to, um, to be the salt and light that uh, you call us to be in, uh, in a world that desperately needs uh, your grace. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank y'all so much. I promise uh, when and if we ever have Wednesday night again, we'll be back in Revelation. <laughs> <laughs>